Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Well, hello and welcome to On It, Not In It, the interview series. I'm your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by Andy Black, who is a co-founder and president at uh, Ray Hamilton Moving and Storage. And I'm sorry, you're a co-owner and not a co-founder, right. president at Ray Hamilton Moving and Storage. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, would you like to kick us off with a brief background? Sure are and what you do. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so Ray Hamilton Moving Company has been around for over 130 years. Uh, my cousin Jim White and I purchased it back in December of 2021 to bring it back into the family. It had been out of the family for about 20 years, and we were fourth generation owners. Uh, the company has changed quite a bit since, obviously, it was founded in 4th Street, downtown Cincinnati in 1892. Um, today, we're a kind of a three-facet business, but uh, we're in our second full year, and Things are starting to obviously uh, get in the place we want it to be, but always looking for room for improvement. So that's kind of a high level of who we are uh, and what our background is. Yeah. So why don't you give us a little bit of detail on what Ray Hamilton does for your customers? Sure. So we have three lines of business. Our primary line of business is we are an over-the-road long haul uh, where we have 53-footers running coast-to-coast with lift gates. Uh, We're kind of a specialty carrier in that respect, uh, final mile. And what we do is have our own assets, our own drivers, and we'll take it wherever there's not a dock. So some of our largest clients were dropping off either motels or hotels that are being built or new restaurants or just very hard to, hard to find uh, carriers. Well, um, I guess we're more of a hard to find carrier because we'll go places that traditionally the large boys with the big 53 footers will not. So that's the primary business. That's our interstrader over the road. We also have a brokerage division uh, to facilitate the non-liftgate required loads where you're just looking to have a have a, uh, a drive in or a 53 footer without lift gate. And then our third line of business, which is the history of the business is our commercial or an industrial uh, warehouse moving and storage business. So anything besides home goods, uh, we have historically moved, stored, reinstalled, deinstalled, whatever uh, around the greater Cincinnati area. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you mentioned in the, in the kickoff there that you and Jim bought the business a couple of years ago. Uh, so mm-hmm. tell us about the spark that caused you guys to jump back in after 20 years of being out of the family. Yeah, well, I, I can only speak for myself and, and what Jim and I had, uh, had kind of seen happening with the brand. But what really sparked me is that I'd, I'd been in sales, sales management leadership roles for some larger companies, some mid-sized companies. And then my last one was with a smaller business. And I, uh, I just, I felt like I, you know, without sounding arrogant, I feel like I could do things better in a lot of those roles, but you're kind of hampered by your title. And so my, my desire was to be in the, in the position where I could, I can make the decisions, be a leader, uh, obviously take, uh, take the best and the brightest in the room and, and help grow a business. So um, my background is not logistics. It's not other than working during the summer for my grandfather It was not moving in storage. So it was a big leap of faith. Uh, Jim and I both had seen, uh, kind of the degradation of the brand online and heard about it. And it was directly associated with somebody who was not in our family. And when I caught wind that this person was looking to sell, uh, I contacted Jim. I actually contacted all my cousins, all race descendants. And um, Jim was the first one to say, you know, I'll go in with you if you want to do this. So that's how it started. It was about a year of due diligence. And we took ownership again in December of 2021. And here we are almost two two years later. Yeah, what a great story. So 100-year-old business, family-owned for many generations, several generations. Then it goes out of the family. And 
comes up for sale and the family says, hey, we want back in. We want to rebuild the name. We want to recognize the fact that Ray Hamilton built a brand in this city and we want to get that back. And then you guys are taking it to the next steps with your other divisions, which is really, really cool. So, yeah. so, so it sounds awesome, but let's talk about some of the misconceptions about running a business. You know, everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to leave the corporate world. It's, I'm going to be my own boss and do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about some misconceptions that you bumped into in your first couple of years. Yeah. I mean, the old, the old adage, a lot of this isn't on the uh, job description is what I continue to say around here. There's a lot of things that um, <clears throat> folks think they want to do and have kind of the flexibility and the freedom. And the reality is, is that there's a lot of things that you have to do. You don't want to do. So um, a lot of HR, a lot of, for a business of our size, at least 50 or less employees, a lot of HR requirements, a lot of payroll requirements, accounting, uh, you know, legalese. So a lot of things that I quite frankly had zero interest in doing, I'll be totally honest about that. Uh, we're occupying a lot of my day in the first year and, and in the second year. So, you know, my background is sales and marketing, and that was not at all what I was able to do uh, in order to get this thing back off the ground. Um, so, you know, that's one of those where um, it, it really tests your limits in the sense of if you think you're good at one thing and you want to focus on that, chances are you're not going to get to. You're going to be you're going to be dragged to do other things that you have to do. So, you know, the old adage, do what you want to do today so you can do what you want to do in the future or however that thing goes. Um, you know, there are things that you find yourself doing day in and day out, because quite frankly, when you're when your name was in the line and you're, you know, you're the financial person, you, you've got to pay attention and you got to be disciplined in every day how you approach this. Yeah, that's an that's an excellent point, Andy. So you talked a lot of it about the have to instead of the mm -hmm. want to in that last that's comment. So so the mm -hmm. have to often drives us into this kind of situation where we get out of balance around our work and life situation, you know, we probably got into a business because we wanted a little bit more work-life balance to be our own boss, and yet we lose mm -hmm. track of that. So what are some rituals, some habits that you've developed to try to maintain that work-life balance? Uh, yeah, and consider I came from a work-from-home environment where I was working as a, again, a sales rep and a sales leader where I had the ultimate flexibility of being at the home office and going down the road and coming back. And, and you know, the, the obviously the flip side is that it's always there for you versus this is getting up, going into an office. Um, so I start my day in a very regimented manner where I'm here at a certain time every day. Uh, I start off with the financials I go through to make sure I know where every dollar has been spent the day before, every dollar that's coming in. Um, that's just my first thing I always do. So I know every day, what is our cash on hand? What are our expenses we expect this week? Um, so if there's any surprises, it's not going to catch me totally off guard. Um, from there, I do some, I'll call personal professional development, kind of re recentering myself in terms of why am I doing this? You know, what are my top 10 goals for the year? What are the things I want to do this month? Um, and then from there, it's a, depends on the day of the week. Sometimes it's back to accounting because it's an accounts, you know, it's, it's an accounts payable, accounts receivable um, time of the day. But usually I go out, spend my time with the folks in our warehouse or drivers, uh, talk to our team that's here locally. Uh, mind you, we've got two dozen drivers, almost 30 now running around the country. So they're not actually here. Uh, but we do have a fair amount of folks in our warehouse. So go and check in with them. And then from there, it's kind of a uh, take incoming missiles sometimes, but just try to go out and make sure that we're doing all the things that we need to be doing and keeping people on task. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, great strategies, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, a couple of things about you. You started to talk a little bit about how you maintain control. So business is mm -hmm. always evolving, right? You know, we all, we all this thing happened called the, the pandemic a couple of years ago, but the changes is, is is the one thing we can be certain of is that change is always happening. Things are always evolving. So how right. do you stay adaptable, open to change, and innovative at Ray Hamilton? 
one of the things we had to first do was recognize that a lot of the processes in place were either not documented or they were all manual. So to try to adapt and innovate uh, was the first thing was to understand the job responsibilities. Again, not having run this business or been in this business, understand what our team was doing to make sure we weren't, we weren't going to just throw everything out and implode ourselves and then identify technology or solutions uh, to improve the way we're doing business. So it's not so paper manual. It's not so required of everybody touching it four or five times um, to, to ensure that all the loads are going to go from point A to point B. So, um, you know, really going out there, surveying the market, find out what is there that's not being used today. Um, our team is very uh, committed and passionate about this business, which is a huge plus. Um, but like anything, any change is difficult and getting people to, to onboard and learn and, and accept the fact that this is a different way of doing business. I promise it's not going to bite you and nobody's going to get fired if you don't do it right. Um, those words literally had to come out of my mouth where we're not going to judge you or your personal performance or your annual review on how this. Together, we're going to fail many times. We got to be willing to get back up as a team. And that that uh, that happened this past year. And it was it's been very it's been a very positive transformation for not only how our business operates, but just as a team coming together to see that we can do this. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to be the the uh, the thing that everybody thinks is going to bring the business to its knees. And now we're actually accelerating and growing. So um, that's that's just one example. But we've had many of those since taking over the business uh, two years ago. Excellent, excellent. So okay, that's great. So that gives us a little bit of how you made through the mm -hmm. changes that you needed to make to get the business on track and get it kind of what I would call buttoned up, like fixed up. Mm -hmm. You did the triage for a couple of months, couple maybe even a year. Now the yes. patient's stable, then you're investing in its growth. So, okay, now the business is ready to grow. So can you offer a glimpse without sharing any secrets, of course, uh, mm -hmm. into your future plans or goals? Uh, and what do, you, what do you envision for your own entrepreneurial journey for the next step? Yeah, and to be clear, our patient that we inherited was, was beyond triage. It was, you know, field medics thinking this thing wasn't going to survive the first six to eight months. So it took a lot of triage, but to your point, uh, we were able to get it stabilized. And this year, again, we've got it to the point where we can grow it. And one of the things we're doing, we're getting ready to do is actually relocate to a larger space uh, because a big piece of our warehousing and a big piece of our business is our ability to warehouse and cross stock, uh, which is product coming in and then going back out, whether it's to Indiana or to California. So um, that's one thing we're going to be doing in February is our timeframe um, to get into a new space. So we're going from, we're about tripling our size in, in terms of warehousing space. Um, we also, again, started up the brokerage division. So for those customers, existing customers, uh, where we're doing, you know, a small percentage of their freight is only lift gate required. Well, what about the other 85, 90%? They weren't servicing that. So we came in with uh, the assistance of Jim's background as, a, as, an exec, as an owner of a, of a logistics firm, and we're able to offer that full suite of packages. So that was another piece. And then obviously the, the historical side of it is the commercial industrial warehousing and relocation. Um, that's just as, that's as basic as more trucks, more people, better warehousing, uh, and just better customer service. And those three, those were not being done when we inherited, when, when we inherited the business. So, uh, those are things we're going to continue to do in 2024 and 2025. Awesome. Awesome. So one final question for you, uh, it's your time to put your advice hat on and be a coach or a mentor to some of the next oh guy in line. <laughs> okay. So what, what advice would you offer to aspiring entrepreneurs who are just starting their journey or facing challenges in their businesses like you did early on? I mean, use focal point. That's all. Time. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the the one thing that uh, it's it, you need to have, have a non-biased sounding board, somebody you can go to and <clears throat> it can be your business partner. In this case, that's Jim, even though he's my business partner, he's somebody that I know 
I'm not going to be judged or he's not going to pass any kind of um, thing, anything, any feedback on anybody else. Have that person you can call up and just say, you know, I, I can't go out there and look like, you know, things are going sideways because you got to maintain that air of confidence. But I've got to talk to somebody about this because I either don't know what's going on or I just got to vent. Um, and that may seem obvious, but a lot of folks I think I've talked to struggle to have that that point person and it can't be your spouse because there's no such thing as a judgment free zone there. Right. I mean, there's going to be some there's going to be some judgment on whether it's right, wrong or different. Uh, but finding that person that you can really turn to get advice from, it could be, again, a coach, it could be a mentor, it could be a, you know, an, a, an investor of yours, or you can join an organization, um, have those people you can turn to and rely on and, and feel like they're going to give you sound advice and sometimes just a, a listening ear. Awesome advice. And I appreciate the plug. <laughs> so, so, uh, so thank you so much for your time today, Andy. It was a great pleasure having you on the podcast and hosting you, but it was also awesome to learn more about your entrepreneurial journey as well as Ray Hamilton. So thank you for all that you're doing and to everybody watching and listening. I look forward to seeing you and listen or seeing you on our next episode. Thanks again, Andy. Thank you.